I don't know why it keeps uh, shutting up. Like, I guess they don't want you to hear YouTube shorts. They are pretty good. Abraham Lincoln, in his first recorded speech to the Young Men's Lyceum, was talking, and he, you remember, Napoleon has died only a few years before, and he said, you know, all the combined armies of Europe and Asia and Africa could not land on our coast and get over the Blue Ridge Mountains and, and have a drink of the one gulp of water from the Ohio River. We would stop them. No, if this, I'm paraphrasing now, if this experiment's going to expire, it'll expire by suicide. We'll do it to ourselves. Abraham Lincoln already saw the strength of our country, but the potential disaster if we don't listen to Martin Luther King Jr. when he said, you don't get rid of darkness with more darkness. You use light, you don't get rid of hate with more hate, you use love. If you go back to 1828, believe it or not, Abraham Lincoln in his first recorded speech to the Americans do not deserve to be governed by by deeply weird, nauseously woke people who hate George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, Dr. Zeus, and Mr. Potato Head, who hyperventilate on their yoga mats if you use the wrong pronoun, who think kids should be able to change their gender at recess, who carry around Ziploc bags of kale to give them energy, and who think they are better than us. By the way, to me, kale tastes like I'd rather be fat. (laughs) Americans do not deserve to be governed by deeply... There in the shrubbery coming out of it are little gray entities, about four foot tall. Uh, As they came uh, towards me, I'm looking at them and thought, What's going on here? But, you know, I didn't say anything. But till the day I die, I'll remember what the little entity said to me. And the way he said it, it was like, Cliff Ford, what are you doing here? You are not supposed to be here. At that time, I got my M16, pulled it up. Uh, You normally don't carry your weapon on uh, full automatic. I put it on full automatic and I started to fire. And I yelled out, VC, VC. And that was to alert the other troops that we were no longer alone, that there were a number of little guys there, I'll put it that way. Well, everyone else started to shoot. But our bullets was having no effect. There in the shrubbery coming out of it are little gray entities, about four foot tall. Uh, As they came uh, towards me, I'm looking at them and thought, What's going on here? But, you know, I didn't say anything. This is also Gaia Channel. It's Viet veteran described strange alien encounter in Vietnam. Why does the CIA think this book is so dangerous that they had to hide it from the public for 60 years and continue to hide most of it? Well, it's because the man who wrote it describes the end of the world. Thomas presents evidence of a coming shift in the Earth's poles that creates a cataclysm. And Thomas says these pole shifts are cyclical, that on regular intervals, a disaster wipes out almost all human life, and we start over again in the Stone Age. The rumble so low as to be inaudible, then fueling into a thundering roar, the earthquake starts. Only it's not like any earthquake in history. 
In California, mountains shake like ferns in a breeze. A mighty Pacific rears back and piles up into a mountain of seawater more than two miles high, then starts its race eastward. The wind attacks, shredding everything in supersonic bombardment. The mountain of Pacific seawater follows the wind eastward, burying Los Angeles and San Francisco as if they were but grains of sand. Why does the CIA think this book is so dangerous that they had to hide this it from the public? This is what we should be preparing for. Hey. Emergency preparedness. This and, um, like they've done many times before. Why does the CIA think? Taki, 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 Jesus got married, never got crucified. As a matter of fact, the Sinai Bible, which predates the King James version of the Bible, there was never a crucifixion, didn't happen. It was added to the Bible by the Romans as they combined all their pagan and non-pagan holidays and everything else into one book and decided if we get the people under this one roof, instead of fighting them, we can keep them under this one thing and we can take their money every week. We can make them pay taxes, we can make them send us offerings, and so that's what they decided to do. So it says here, yes, Jesus was married and had children. His bloodline still walks the earth till this very day. A well-known story in the East recounts Jesus was a student of the mystery schools, and upon leaving there, he traveled to Tibet. He learned energetic healing and meditation. This is not me. This is not off my dome. This is coming up out of ancient texts, ancient records that already existed thousands of years before the Bible was written. Jesus got married, never got crucified. As a matter of fact, the Sinai Bible, which predates the King James Version of the Bible, there was never a crucifixion. Didn't happen. It was was never a crucifixion. Didn't happen. It was added to the Bible by the Romans as they combined all their pagan and non-pagan. So that creek was the only place I could go and I, I crawled down into that creek and those very vines looked pretty from the outside but on the inside they hang down like long fingers and grab hold of your shirt and light coming through them. I'm, I'm telling you I, I thought it was the end of me. Really I did when I was that age. And I crawled out when I saw the light, uh, a big opening in it with a trail. And to this day, I believe Big Mike was probably using that same trail. 
because whenever we cleaned, whenever we cleaned out the chicken coop of roosters, we'd throw them outside of the, the coop alive and well, and it wouldn't be long and they'd be gone. So I, I believe that he came down to the farms at night looking to feed on stuff. So that creek was the only place I could go, and I, I crawled down into that creek, and those berry vines looked pretty from the outside, but on the inside, they hang down like long fingers and grab hold of your shirt, and light coming through them, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I thought it was the end of me. Really, I did when I was that age. And I crawled out when I saw the light, uh, a big opening in it with a trail. And to this day, I believe Big Mike was probably using that same trail. Because whenever we, cleaned, whenever we cleaned out the chicken coop of roosters, we'd throw them outside of the, the coop alive and well, and it wouldn't be long and they'd be gone. So I People are not affecting climate change. You're going to tell me that back in the Ice Age, how much taxes did people pay and how many changes did governments make to melt the ice? It's not a crime to be an idiot, but if it were, mm -hmm. this Cracker Barrel here would need a whole team of lawyers. I think some of the most dangerous people in America are trans terrorists. But she is a danger. Climate science is science. Parts per million, rising sea levels, atmospheric changes, the spread of disease, and that intimidates the GED crowd. When Republicans don't understand something, they attack it. The China virus. From atmospheric changes due to increased so carbon emissions. No we need some global warming to evolution. The science said man came from apes. If that is true, why is there still apes? It's a challenge explaining science to people who don't believe. Big of a piece of shit he was. Reagan teamed up with the governor and the lieutenant governor of Texas in the 70s during his campaign. During the Iranian hostage crisis, the lieutenant governor Ben Barnes uh, and the governor of Texas went on a trip with Reagan to the Middle East and sabotaged all talks with the hostage negotiation. He made a deal with Iran and other Middle Eastern leaders not to release the hostages until Reagan won the election. The New York Times just had a great piece about it. It's a 40-year secret is what they're calling it. And the reason the secret's coming out is because Jimmy Carter is passing and the Lieutenant Governor Ben Barnes had it way on his conscience that Carter was going to die thinking he didn't get those hostages out. Carter worked his ass off to try to get those hostages out. And the minute, the minute that Reagan was sworn in, they released the hostages. Reagan promised them money and weapons, which later on became an issue with the Iran-Contra deal. And Ben Barnes didn't want Jimmy Carter dying thinking that he couldn't get those hostages out. Fucking Reagan. And I mean, if you look at all the Republican presidents we've had since Nixon, they've all done war crimes. Bush invaded Iraq. The other Bush invaded Panama. Reagan, I mean, all the shit he did. Nixon, obviously, is a criminal. And then we got Trump, you know? So fucking patriotic. So we all know Reagan was a piece of shit, right? But do you know how... Here's a simple summary of the New York Times article that Michael Moore talked about in his Rumble podcast.
all Republicans have been traitors. I wonder how hashtag Jimmy Carter thinks about the revelation 40-year secret that Reagan delayed hostage release. Wonder what thanks. Wonder what Jimmy Carter thinks. Not thanks, thinks about the forty year secret. Happen in my lifetime. Reagan, fuck a traitor. Another reason to suspend the whole fucking party. Another reason to suspend the whole fucking party. piece of shit he was 
Reagan teamed up with the governor and the lieutenant governor of Texas in the 70s during his campaign. During the Iranian hostage crisis, the lieutenant governor Ben Barnes uh, and the governor of Texas went on a trip with Reagan to the Middle East and sabotaged all talks with the hostage negotiation. He made a deal with Iran and other Middle Eastern leaders not to release the hostages until Reagan won the election. The New York Times just had a great piece about it. It's a 40-year secret is what they're I calling it. And the this reason the secret's coming out is Michael Moore's podcast. Very chilling. Exclamation point. And yes, the Republicans have all been traitors. Another good reason to suspend the whole fucking party. mom died and she was only 50 and it was really unexpected and really hard and when my brother and I were cleaning out her house and going through her things I found this journal that she got when she was 19 and she wrote in it all the way till she got pregnant with me when she was 21 and I have never cried on the internet and I am determined to not let today be that day but I wanted to read a passage in it to you that caused me to change my life It's this one here. It says, it is now October 1st, 1989. I feel the urge to move on now. I feel there is more to life for me than this monotonous phase I'm in now. I wish I could afford to just up and move wherever I want to. Nothing is exciting for me anymore. I want to burst free. I want to explore and set new accomplishments. But instead, I'm stuck here. How does one escape? I read that when I was 29, and I felt exactly the same way at that time. And so I decided to do what she never could, and that was travel. just go. And nobody understood it, and nobody was kind to me about it. I left a 13-year-old marriage and a life that I had built because I realized if I didn't do something, I could die the next day, and I would die empty. It was the best thing I ever did. I left with nothing, I had nothing, no credit, no job, and I have spent two years figuring out what I love, building a life that I am proud of and that I don't want to escape from, figuring out the things that I like and that I don't, where I want to go, what I want to do, who I want to be with. Everything about social media says do more, build more, consume more, grind harder, hustle harder, and man is it bullshit. Because something's going to happen one day that's going to make you realize that striving and consuming will give way to quiet, contentful peace. And that you don't always have to have more or do more or be more. That small things don't make a small life. And now I live in a perfect tiny beach house full of plants and colors and art and all the things that I love. 
I try new things every day. I travel and go places and see all the things that she never could. And today at 2 p.m. on a Tuesday when I was getting to tend to my plants instead of working a 9 to 5 job that was sucking the life out of me, I just had this moment of incredible gratitude. And I thought maybe there's somebody out there who's just working every day until they die and they feel like they want to escape from their life. And I thought maybe I would share a little bit of wisdom and inspiration from the most inspirational person that I knew and tell you to just do something different. It'll be amazing. A few years ago, my mom died and she was only 50 and it was really unexpected and really hard. And when my brother and I were cleaning out her house and going through her things, I found this journal that she got when she was 19. Or grind harder, hustle harder. And man, is it bullshit. Because something's going to happen one day that's going to make you realize that striving and consuming will give way to quiet, contentful peace. And that you don't always have to have more or do more or be more. That small things don't make a small life. And now I live in a perfect tiny beach house full of plants and colors and art and all the things that I love. I try new things every day. I travel and go places and see all the things that she never could. And today at 2 p.m. on a Tuesday when I was getting to tend to my plants instead of working a nine to five job that was sucking the life out of me. I just had this moment of incredible gratitude. And I thought maybe there's somebody out there who's just working every day until they die and they feel like they wanna escape from their life. And I thought maybe I would share a little bit of wisdom and inspiration from the most inspirational person that I knew and tell you to just do something different. It'll be amazing. A few years ago, my mom died and she was only 50. I genuinely don't know what the fuck to say. We need to watch Ron DeSantis because the Lord is going to use him in a powerful way. Mm -hmm. I had had several years ago a vision that I went into where I saw two palm trees and I saw one of them was planted in California, the other one in Florida. And I said, Lord, who are, who, what is this, these two palm trees? He said, this palm tree from California is Ronald Reagan. This palm tree that is in Florida is Ron DeSantis. <laughs> Un-fucking-believable. You really took the saying, the higher the hair, the closer to God, serious, didn't you? Out here looking like the fucking eraser at the end of a number two pencil. Charlie Sham, you need to drop the P from your last name, because you're a fucking sham. When are we going to start taxing the churches? For peddling this bullshit? Yeah. Well, you know what, Charlie? Jesus came and spoke to me too. And he told me to light your two palm trees on fucking fire. So who's right? I get asked a lot on this app. I'd say it's one of the top two comments that I get on here. And it's about me wearing a cross. And how I could be a Christian and have such progressive and liberal views. For me, the two are not mutually exclusive. My own personal relationship with God and Jesus have nothing to do with me on this Yours. physical earth and the people that surround me. I connect with the compassion and empathy side of religion, the charitable side, the thou shall not judge side. And because I'm from New York 
there's a touch of mind your fucking business. You yeah, false prophets exactly. peddling politics and fucking intertwining pedos. it into your religion just proves what a fucking scam artist you are. Because we all know where Ronald Reagan is right now. It bothers me because there are good Christians out there. And crazy evangelicals like you and you white Christian nationalists give people like me a very bad name. You use your persuasion to make people vote to push your agenda when church and state were meant to be separate in this country. That the only time religion came into play is that you have the right, every religion has the right to practice, not to politicize. And my vision that I had with Jesus showed me one tree that was Barack Obama and the other was AOC. And I know my Jesus is right because he was a socialist and yours is a fascist. Anyways, yeah. bye. <laughs> I genuinely don't know what the fuck to say. We need to watch Ron DeSantis because the Lord is going to use him in a powerful way. Mm-hmm. I had had several years ago a vision that I went into where I saw two palm trees and I saw one of them was planted in California, the other one in Florida. And I said, Lord, who are, who, what is this, these two palm trees? He said, this palm tree from California is Ronald Reagan. This palm tree that is in Florida is Ron DeSantis. <laughs> Un-fucking-believable. You really took the saying, the higher the hair, the closer to God, serious, didn't you? Out here looking like the fucking eraser at the end of a number two pencil. Charlie Sham, you need to drop the P from your last name because you're a fucking sham. When are we going to start taxing the churches for peddling this bullshit? Well, you know what, Charlie? Jesus came and spoke to me, too. And he told me to light your two palm trees on fucking fire. So who's right? I get asked a lot on this app. I'd say it's one of the top two comments that I get on here. And it's about me wearing a cross and how I could be a Christian and have such progressive and liberal views. For me, the two are not mutually exclusive. My own personal relationship with God and Jesus have nothing to do with me on this physical earth and the people that surround me. I connect with the compassion and empathy side of religion, the charitable side, the thou shalt not judge. What's going on, huh? Are you okay?
Okay, part. So I'm um, sending out to University of Pennsylvania and to everybody propagating it to yank his, revoke his diploma because he fraudulently obtained it. He hired, paid somebody to take his exams for him, get into UPenn, and he's also saying that he went to Wharton. He didn't go to fucking Wharton Business School. He didn't go to the best, one of the, be the best business school in the country, the world, or whatever. Peddling bullshit. He didn't go there. That's a grad school. He didn't go to grad school. He barely got through undergrad and probably a D student, but he threatens the university with litigation if they released his transcripts. So they should release him anyway. Should be a matter of public knowledge, his uh, academic track record. Politics go, politics go. We like politics, politics, politics go. Oops. Ah, shit. <laughs> right. So let's see what's up with Midas Touch. Y'all still there? Politics go! Politics, politics, we like politics go! We like politics, 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 go. Trump's hit with devastating new court order in New York Attorney General case. Yeah, 16 hours ago. Guys, stop getting ripped off by your car insurance no, company no, and check this out. No, you stop getting okay. ripped off by you your ready? car insurance right. company. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. The judge presiding over New York mm. Attorney General Letitia James' civil fraud lawsuit against Donald Trump, the Trump Organization, and his adult children has just issued an order which spells big trouble yeah, for yeah. all of those Trump defendants. Which means judge means Arthur and Goran just issued an order requiring all of those individuals and all of the Trump-related entities to file compliance affidavits by May 15th of 2023, stating under penalty of perjury, all of the steps that they've taken to comply with their discovery obligations and produce all of the responsive information, documents, communications, and records that have been requested of them by New York Attorney General Letitia James in this case. Now, Justice Arthur Ngoron, the presiding judge in this case, is a no-nonsense judge. You may recall that prior to New York Attorney General Letitia James filing 
this civil fraud lawsuit back in 2022 in September. Remember, this lawsuit's the one that's seeking at least $250 million in damages against Donald Trump, his adult children, and the Trump Organization, as well as injunctive relief, effectively stopping them from doing business in New York. Well, before that lawsuit was even filed in September of 2022, Justice Arthur and Goron had sanctioned Donald Trump uh, for contempt of court, essentially $10,000 fine per day in relation to the special proceeding. So before the lawsuit is filed by the New York Attorney General, there was this investigative period under the New York Attorney General statute in New York, um, and that's called a special proceeding. And when Donald Trump failed to comply then, Justice Arthur Ngoron says, I'm not allowing this nonsense in my court. I'm finding you in contempt. It was $10,000 a day. Donald Trump finally went into compliance there, but had to pay $100,000 plus in sanctions for his failure to comply uh, with uh, the court's orders and with the discovery obligations in this case. So here, now the case has been filed. The case was filed in September of 2022. Now we are in May. Uh, Donald Trump apparently is not turning over all of the records he's supposed to, nor is uh-huh. adult children in the Trump Organization. Back on April 25th of uh, this year, Letitia James, New York Attorney General, sends Justice Arthur and Gore on a letter calling out Donald Trump, his adult children, the Trump Organization, for their failure to produce discovery, for their uh-huh. failure to preserve records. So in response to that, Justice Arthur and Goron issued this order, And this order is a very serious order that if Donald Trump and his adult children and the Trump Organization don't comply with, they're going to be in big trouble. I'm Uh talking likely of another contempt order, which could have not just serious monetary ramifications, but it could even go further than that. In a case like this as well, if a sanction is an adverse inference against a party that is concealing information, It could be one of the ways a jury could essentially find their liability in this bet the company case that where hundreds of millions of dollars on the line are on the line. So let's jump into this order that was just issued by Justice Arthur and Goron. Here's what he says. It is hereby order that the preliminary conference order entered November 22nd, 2022, as modified by the order entered March 27th, 2023, is further modified as follows. So these are just scheduling orders, and all that means is that they're modifying the scheduling orders to add new (laughs) dates and change some of the previous dates. One, the deadline to complete all outstanding document production is extended to May 12th, 2023. So the judge is giving a little bit more time for the parties to produce records in connection with the case. However, two, by May 15th, 2023, each entity defendant, collectively the Trump organization, shall submit a compliance affidavit setting forth one, the name of every custodian in possession Mm -hmm. of information responsive to any discovery notice issued by the Office of the Attorney General. Uh Just so you know, when you hear that term custodian here, just think employee. What a custodian means in the world of electronic discovery and litigation, it just means someone who possesses information or documents or records or communications like 
emails and things like that that may be responsive to discovery requests. So Donald Trump is a custodian, and Eric Trump is a custodian, and Don Jr., and Ivanka, and all of the other employees who may have information that has been requested by the New York Attorney General's office in their discovery request. Those are examples of custodians who, uh, according to this order, that the defendant must submit a compliance affidavit setting forth the name of all of those custodians. Okay, number two, nah. every device used by each custodian for the conduct of business on behalf of the Trump organization. Three, every email address, telephone number, or other electronic account used for communications concerning the business of the Trump organization. Four, whether each of the devices and accounts identified in items 2.2 and 2.3 were collected and searched for responsive documents. Five, what search terms or other means were used to conduct any search of the devices and accounts? How about a psychiatric evaluation ordered by the judge to see if Trump is fit? Um... To take the stand, question mark, smiley face. in items 2.2 and 2.3 and 6. If any devices or accounts identified in items 2.2 and 2.3 were not retained or searched, what efforts were undertaken to preserve or locate those devices or accounts? So what this request basically means is any of the Trump organization defendants, so all of those Trump-related LLCs that are defendants in this case, set forth the names of every person who works for the organization that may have information that was responsive to the requests that were issued by the New York Attorney General asking for documents and emails and text messages. By the way, we want to go back all the way to 2011. That's how far the Trump Organization has to go back here. Then for all of those individuals, then list every device they've used. So going uh -huh. back to 2011, did they wow. use iPhones, Samsungs, Blackberries, uh -huh. you know, whatever devices that they've used. Um, did they have laptops? Did they have and desktops? Um, and then what were their email addresses? What were their, uh, you know, uh, any other identifying thing that they had to gain information? What did they use to communicate with people? Did they use encrypted apps, for example? but list everything, and then if those devices have been destroyed or don't exist, why and what have you done to search for them? And go back, by the way, to 2011, so a significant period of time um, that they are asking for there. By May 15, 2023, each individual defendant shall submit a compliance affidavit detailing one, Every device used for communications with or on behalf of the Trump Organization or concerning the business of the Trump Organization during the period 2011 to the present. Two, every email address, telephone number, or other electronic account used 
for the communications with the Trump Organization or concerning the business of the Trump Organization during the period 2011 to the present. Three, whether each of the devices and accounts identified in items 3.1 and 3.2 were searched for responsive documents. Four, what search terms or other means were used to conduct any search of the devices and accounts identified in items 3.1 and 3.2 and 5. If any devices or accounts identified in items 3.1 and 3.2 were not retained or searched, what efforts were undertaken to preserve or locate those devices or accounts? So Donald Trump, Don Jr., Ivanka, Eric, Weisselberg, list every one of your devices, list all of your email addresses, we're going back to 20, as I said, we're going back to 2011. We want to know all of your email addresses, every cell phone number you've ever had, any device, any app that you use to communicate, and what have you done to search all of that and turn it over to the New York Attorney General's office. Four, the deadline to take deposition testimony from witnesses properly noticed before the previous fact discovery deadline of April 30th, 2023 is extended to May 12th, 2023. No party is permitted to issue new subpoenas or deposition notices. All parties shall identify the expert witnesses they will call at trial on or before May 19, 2023. All parties shall produce their expert witness reports on or before May 26, 2023. All parties shall identify any rebuttal experts on or before June 5, 2023. All of the other deadlines set forth in the court's prior order remain operative. So that is the order by Justice Arthur Ngoron. Um, and then that was preceded by this letter that was sent by New York Attorney General Letitia James. It's a three-page letter. I'll just give you the quick highlights of it where uh, Letitia James' office states, Dear Justice and Goron, the Office of the Attorney General writes to seek court resolution of an issue necessitated by the upcoming close of fact discovery on April 30th, 2023. OAG, the Office of Attorney General, believes this proposed order is necessary given defendants' failure to preserve, collect, and produce documents and materials in a timely and transparent fashion. While we have recently begun receiving documents responsive to our discovery demands, defendants have provided no timeline for the completion of their production and, more concerningly, have not answered questions about the custodian sources and means used to undertake their production. For months, the Office of Attorney General has been seeking an explanation for gaps in the production by the Trump Organization, and many of these issues date back to the underlying investigation, and they're reminding Justice Arthur and Gordon. Remember the underlying investigation before we filed where you held Donald Trump and the Trump Organization in contempt? And so in response to that letter, Justice Arthur Ngoron issued the order that I had read to you before, which is so interesting about uh, these MAGA Republicans in general. When they step into the courtroom, they just completely crumble because where facts actually matter and specifically facts that are facts backed by evidence, all they know is crime. All they know is cover-up. All they know is how to not be transparent. Remember the report I did recently on Rudy Giuliani and his failures to produce discovery in connection with the defamation lawsuit brought by Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman, the Georgia election workers who he defamed? He hasn't produced discovery there either. That's a federal case. Um, and that's in Washington, D.C. federal court. 
Um, and what Rudy Giuliani argued there, and let me just read for you just this one portion of Giuliani's declaration. He goes, the documents that have been archived, um, because I have endured fees and costs in connection with all of the multiple litigations and investigations, I can no longer afford to pay. It's a company called Trust Point One that stores all of his documents. I can no longer afford to pay them to keep the documents online. He claims it would cost him over $320,000 to become current on his arrearage with the company that stored all of his electronic documents. And he says, therefore, he doesn't have the means to pay and he can't participate in discovery. So there, that's happening in Washington, D.C. federal court. When I started this video talking about what's going on in New York state court with Donald Trump and Ivanka and Don Jr. and all of the uh, uh, Trump-related defendant entities in that case. But here's the one thing I'll say, and I'll leave you with this about the New York state case. Come, come hell or high water, as uh, Justice Arthur and Goran said, this case it is etched in stone. It's going to trial October 2nd, 2023. So all of these games that Trump plays and trying to hide documents and not participate... The judge is running a tight ship here. He knows what Trump's up to. He knows what Trump's kids are up to. And he's not having it. And so, folks, buckle up. Things are going to get interesting. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Judge Network. Hit subscribe. Oh, We're on our way to 1.5 million subscribers thanks to your incredible support. Hit subscribe. Check us out at patreon.com. If you believe in justice, lock Trump up. p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash Midas Touch. we got a lot of great content on our Patreon. Wherever you get your audio podcasts, subscribe for free. Lock Trump up. Trump gets destroyed over and over again. Never tried to play guitar, but your fingers wouldn't cooperate. It's not your fingers' fault. In fact, it doesn't have... January 6th jury trials, folks. This is the Midas Touch podcast. I and Micellus joined by Brett and Jordy Micellus. We're all on East Coast time. Let's right? go. Let's go. Yeah, Gotta love the East adapting. Coast time. We're adapting, Brett and I. It's a struggle. Yeah, it's it's a struggle, guys. It's a, <laughs> the East Coast life is a struggle. See, we get to look like we have superhuman powers, I think, when we're on the West Coast, because we it looks like, wow, they're up really late, working really late, and we could still get up like at a normal time and, and relatively be on top of things, but this just ruins the whole thing. You see the dark circles under my eyes. You see us working 15-hour days, but we're here <laughs> to deliver you all the facts. Man, the DOJ, 100% conviction rate or partial conviction. I mean, that is absolutely unbelievable. Ben, that's a lot of Antifa and BLM mm. protesters going. To pro oh, wait. Oh, wait. The Proud Boys were oh. there. Oh, oh, wait. Seditious conspiracy. I, it feels oh. like just yesterday, actually, when we heard uh, Fox News incessantly make comments like, they keep calling it sedition. But I haven't seen anybody charged with sedition. Well, guess what? How, how many how many guilty, seditious conspiracy charges do we have now? Like a dozen or, or more? I think it's 14 convictions. Oh God. 14 seditious conspiracies. Not three separate seditious conspiracy trials. I think there has been 14 
seditious conspiracy. You know what I got to say to that? Keep going, Merrick. Keep going, Jack. Keep working your way up. You're almost there. This is this is good to see. A lot of justice, uh, finally. And it's it's really great to see. A lot of bad news for Donald Trump, which is typically good news for our democracy. And he is just absolutely melting down there. Just pure humiliation in Scotland. I mean, what the hell was that? I mean, we, we, we got to laugh at the DeSantis World Tour last week. And now you see Trump head to Scotland and Ireland and just make a complete fool out of himself as well. Just when these magas leave their bubbles, like you said, Ben, it's just the fascist Furbies in the wild. It just it just doesn't work. <laughs> the whole thing just doesn't work once they leave the country and actually get confronted. It's just all totally, totally, totally <laughs> bizarre. Jordy, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm so happy to have you guys on the East Coast. Now you guys understand the struggle of someone who lives on the East Coast. You know what I'm saying? That That's why me as the youngest brother actually looks 20 years older than both of you guys, man. The East Coast is stressful. We work out here. It's not that La La Land crap that you guys are doing over there in California. <laughs> it's real America. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> What's up, big bro? We're going to have a big show tonight. Like, a lot of... So, just so the audience knows, when we do these shows, like, we put together, like, really robust outlines, like, of the, of the most important consequential news of the day to bring you up to speed. And just an hour before the show, I mean, bam, 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 just hit with more breaking news that we'll definitely get into here. I'm excited. You know what I got to say to that, Jordy? Stand back and stand by. We got a big episode of the Midas Touch podcast coming your way. Ben, where shall we start? I I, I guess we should start where you talk about fascist Furbies in the wild. And for those saying, Brett, what in the world are you talking about there? I compared... This now, I'm going to say this, public. for you guys saying that, make sure you listen to every world are you talking about. I, I, I guess we should start where you talk about fascist Furbies in the wild. Outlines, like of the, of the most important consequential news of the day to bring you up to speed. And just an hour before the show, I mean, bam, 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 just hit with more breaking news that we'll definitely get into here. I'm excited. Yeah. You know what I got to say to that, Jordy? That? Stand back and stand by. We got a big episode of the Midas Touch. I'm excited. You know what I got to say to that, Jordy? Stand back and stand by. We got a big episode of the Midas Touch podcast mm-hmm. coming your way. Ben, where shall we start? I, I, I guess we should. Stand back and stand by for a great Midas Touch podcast. Where you talk about fascist Furbies in the wild. And for those saying, Brett, what in the world are you talking about there? I compared this MAGA I'm going to say this. For you guys saying that, make sure you listen to every episode of the Midas Touch podcast. How dare you for missing episodes and not getting the reference? I'm just kidding, Ben. You you, you, you could explain it. You know, we call this MAGA... episode of the Midas Touch podcast. How dare you for missing episodes and not getting the reference? I'm just kidding, Ben. You you, you, you could explain it. You know, we called this MAGA Republican language, we called it kind of fascist Furby talk because it's unclear unless you're living fascist Furbies exclamation point lol stand back and stand by for a great podcast, man exclamation point Everybody go subscribe. Echo chamber. Everybody know what the Furbies are? The Furbies, well, from I think 20 years ago, 25 years ago, was like the hottest Christmas gift, right? 
Um, and it was these like little furry technology things. And they would just go. <laughs> and so what we would say here is that, you know, when these MAGA Republicans like talk to each other, it's 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 their own language that they talk about. And it's like and that's why you. You can't get into a debate with a Furby. I mean, right? Like, if you start debating a Furby, you put yourself on the level of of the Furby. But that's why when when they like want to bait you into talking about, they they, they want to act like bathrooms and pronouns are like the biggest issues that Americans are dealing with. Like, you can go Furby, 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 and have that conversation with them. Or what you should most, what you should really do is be like. What the heck are you even talking about? Like, no, I don't wake up thinking about pronouns, okay? I don't wake up thinking about the bathroom other than I have to go to the bathroom. But I'm not thinking about, oh, my God, is that person going to use this bathroom or that bathroom? Like, it's just not one of the top 1,000 things that actually, like, cross my mind. And there are real issues that we have to deal with where MAGA Republicans are like, you know, while they're all into talking about their pronouns, like when it comes to the debt ceiling, they're happy to be like, you know what, let's just you know, let, let, let's just destroy the country. Like, whatever. Like, we'll see what happens. And by the way, there was a recent study. I don't know if you saw this. I um, mean, it was done by Moody's. And like speaking of the fascist Furby language, like if you just watch how these MAGA Republicans talk, you show them something like, OK, Moody's is not a democratic entity. OK. They're just analyzing the existing data. But the MAGA Republicans will always create a conspiracy for everything. So their new one is Moody's are, are Democrats or Uniparty, and they put out this data to undermine them. Not that the MAGA Republican plan is not a plan. It is a poison pill to destroy Americans. But this is what Moody said. U.S. GDP growth would be 1.61% in 2024 under the GOP debt limit plan versus 2.23% otherwise. So significantly less. The plan would meaningfully increase the likelihood of a recession. GOP proposed spending cuts are substantial headwind to near-term economic growth. The plan would cost 790,000 jobs by the end of 2024, right? So that's data. Like that is just reviewing the plan, saying what the data is, but the MAGA Republicans, they don't care about data. Right. They just care about their fascist, Furby, whatever conspiracy theory they have of the day, Brett. Yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're averse to anything that goes against their worldview and goes against what they're told. So, you know, you have this whole ecosystem, this whole toxic ecosystem on the right that's just pumping out propaganda every single day, right? Just nonstop. And Republicans tend to think that the media and the justice system, oh, it's all biased. They're all against us all the time. I don't understand what's happening. How could they just be going against? Them? Look, they're writing all these negative stories, but why are they never writing about Hunter Biden? Why are they never pursuing Burisma? Why are they never doing that? You know, whatever the term du jour is by the Republican Party. And it's because these claims are not taken seriously by reputable organizations. So it's not taken seriously by the actual media. It's not taken seriously by the Department of Justice, who may investigate these things, by the way, and then be like, oh, there's nothing there. This is this is BS. And so they think that there is an inherent bias against them because of all this. But it's actually kind of the opposite of what they think. 
on the whole, like 99.9% of the time, the stories pushed by the Republican Party and their conservative right-wing fascist ecosystem, I, I didn't even mean to say conservative, how dare me, Whoa. They, they're, they're wholly... They're they're entirely like just BS. Like they just make shit up, and we'll we'll talk about that in this episode. Just they will just throw things at the wall, see what sticks, and they like out of thin air entirely. And they pick the most salacious, most kind of disgusting, most abhorrent claims so that they could get headlines, so they could be invited previously onto Tucker's show, now onto Hannity's show, and now on all these bizarre Newsmax and OAN shows. And and, and they just they brainwash people into thinking that these are real things. And then ultimately what happens? Reality gets in the way of their BS. Reality gets in the way of their lies. All of a sudden what's happening. Donald Trump is getting indicted. Donald Mm -hmm. Trump is being investigated for serious crimes. Clarence Thomas is being investigated by these investigative journalists. And we are seeing the actual receipts of everything. They are backing it up with actual facts and they are going, woe is me. Everybody is out to get me. How could this be? But instead of, I, I just propose this. If, if by any chance we have one person on this show who's just tuning in to say, hey, you know, I just want to see what these guys are about. You know, I, I, I'm, I normally, you know, I'm a MAGA guy or whatever you call it. I'm ultra MAGA, but for some reason I'm tuning in. I'm ultra MAGA. But for some reason, I'm tuning into the Midas Touch podcast tonight. If I get through to just one of you, then I don't think it's possible. But I'll say this. Instead of being mad at the media, instead of being mad at Democrats or whatever boogeyman that these people are shoveling your way, perhaps you should consider turning your anger to the folks who keep lying to you and keep getting your hopes up over all these things over and over and over. Mm-hmm. These right-wing politicians, the right-wing media who is gaslighting you, who is lying to you, who is getting you angry, who is riling you up and is making you pissed off at everything once inevitably nothing happens. These people are using you. That's all I want to say. You are being used. You are the mark in this situation. I I can't be any clearer. Jim Jordan thinks you're an idiot. Like OAN, Newsman, these people think you are morons. And I wish that you would turn the tables on them and say, you know, finally, I'm going to stand up to you. I'm not going to be gaslighted by your lies anymore. It's insane. It's why I'll give you a perfect Jordan of the world. Ben. Oh, you Jordan. No, oh, Ben, go. No, Ben. No, I'm really it's why, it, I was it, 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 It's why it's sort of what we talked about on Monday. <clears throat> it's why the Jim Jordans of the world and the Marjorie Taylor Greens decide to attack experts and try and make the term expert a bad word in the MAGAverse. It's because experts come with data. They come with resources. They, they come with information that's actually studied and nuanced and, and, and really brings to light what exactly is going on. And then when you look at the data, just objectively, like it is so never in the MAGAverse favor, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Jim Jordans, it's so never in their favor that the only thing that they can do is say, you're a liar, I don't believe you. Well, I have this fact. And it's just like, what are you doing, man? Like, look at yourself. And if you are a Marjorie Taylor Greene or a Jim Jordan supporter, you're being played just like Brett said. You are the mark. They'll just go, Joe Biden, pedophile, human trafficker. I saw it. I saw it. Believe me. Your Marjorie Taylor Greene is one of my favorite impressions. Yeah, your Marjorie Taylor Greene's getting so good that it almost makes me angry. Sounds just like (laughs) And you're like, what? Are you saying like and you, you wake up and just be like, what the heck are you even saying? But unfortunately, they have this 
whole ecosystem that immediate of oh, fascist Furbies. It's an army of fascist Furbies out there <laughs> who immediately go all in each other's ears. And it, I, I, I guarantee you, if you dug into it, you would see heavy coordination to between all of these groups. Mm-hmm. Like I guarantee you, there is a a very clear line of communication between. Jim Jordan, for example, and like the Charlie Kirks of the world and all those other kind